Agent Power Huddle is a daily jumpstart. Hey, did I get your attention? We're doing something special for the next month. We're going to focus on now business. Like how do you generate income today, right now? My name is Jesse Zagorski. You probably know me as one of the regular hosts here, producer of the Agent Power Huddle. I'm also a broker associate with EXP. And what I keep hearing over and over again is agents that truly need to shift their business. The market shifted, they need to shift and they got to close the deals today. And so whether you're a brand new agent this series is for you. Experienced agent, this series is for you. It doesn't matter. Agent on a team, team leader, we're going to give you strategies and techniques to figure out how to scale and grow your business to close deals today. Not in the future, not tomorrow, today. This is what we're focusing on all month, the techniques, the strategies you need. So welcome to the Agent Power Huddle. Good morning. All right. For those of you that have your cameras off, can you turn them on, please? I like to make sure I am talking with people. So if I'm looking at a ceiling, all right. If you're in the shower, even better. No, I'm playing. Um, <laughs> all right, you guys. Today we are going over. Hey, Matt, how are you? Um, we are going over. Good, good. Going over the perfect buyer consult. Um, I see Nick is here. He did one a couple of weeks ago. Is that correct? Correct. Yes. So first of all, let's see what is it you guys are interested in? Why did you guys come here? Because we've had four other specialists who are top-notch agents that went over this as well. So I know we all have our own techniques, but let's see what you guys are looking for. So that way I can make sure I am addressing what I do to your guys's um, interests or what you guys are looking for. Does that make sense? So if you guys want to share, please share, put it on the mic, uh, put it in the chat and we'll go from there. We're pretty quiet this morning. No shares? Nobody, you guys just came here just to come hang out with me? Go ahead, Nick. I just came to hang out, man. I think that you're, I, I just like your energy and style. And I'm sure that, uh, like you said, you do it a little different. Um, I've been doing it for a long time. So to get a different uh, feed on it is refreshing. So okay, thanks for doing it. Awesome. Thank you, Nick. Greg, I you? everything that Nick said, it was dope connecting with you at EXPCon. And I was like, oh, let's see what she's going to bring here. So, all right. Greg, do you have any? Any reasons? You know, I mean, you and I are in the same MLS. Uh, so as our MLS has, has shifted in transition to where mm -hmm. buyers, consultations, buyers agencies are more and more important. Mm -hmm. I think both you and I were doing buyer consults and buyer reps way before this happened anyway. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just kind of our standard practice. We, we respect and we want to protect our time. But um, I just I saw your Facebook post on this. I figured it's like, hey, I just want to kind of get a little bit of a sneak peek at what Lonnie does behind the scenes on her business and uh, that aspect. All right, so let's go ahead and jump in. I see some of you guys are in the same MLS as I am. So Matt, Greg, um, there's a, normally a few more in here. But uh, if you guys don't know, in Washington State, um, sellers are not required to pay the buyer agent's commission, right? Uh, and we are one of the first MLSs to do this, and it will probably come nationwide fairly soon. So I've incorporated um, some things into my buyer consult that will hopefully be able to help you if you're in my MLS right now or when that change hits your guys' market. Um, and so either which way, we're just going to rock it out. Um, one of the things is 
This is how I start my buyer consult. We are either, most of the time, I am doing mine via Zoom, right? When the pandemic hit, um, it really did allow me to pivot my business uh, and transition a lot of the things that I do. How many of you can feel and agree with that? Raise your hand or say I in the thing, right? The, the pandemic changed a lot of things. The other thing is that there's, our society is so... Uh, in tune with instant gratification, right? They want the now, the now, the now, the now. I want to look at this house. I want to buy it now, right? And unfortunately, that's not how our industry works, right? We get buyers who are looking at homes uh, and they want to go and look at it before they do the pre-approval, right? Are we? How many of you agree with that, right? Um, how many of you guys actually show homes right away without the pre-approval? It doesn't matter if it's a referral, if it's an internet lead, if it's one, Nick is sometimes, Greg is, you do it as well. Um, okay, so I will say for the most part, about 90% of the time, I do not. And the reason why is because one, if you're out in Washington, it's raining right now. And I don't know if you wanna get wet as much as I do, right? <laughs> no, I'm playing, but for real, uh, I don't like wasting my time, right? And so one, if it's a referral or even an internet lead, it does not matter the source to me. When I have that initial conversation, I'm going to find out one, if they've been pre-approved, two, if they're working with another agent, three, how long they have been uh, looking or searching or where they are at in their process. Does that make sense? Let's get some, yes, no, maybe so. Yes, right? Um, and why do you guys think I do that when I'm on the phone with them? I say 90-10 is probably right. Try not to at all costs. Okay. That was from Nick for sure. Right. Um, so I am one, protecting my time, right? Because like most of you, I'm a parent. I have other clients I'm serving. I am just trying to be as efficient as and proficient as much as possible um, because one, I don't want to chase around people who are never going to do anything anyways. Does that make sense? So once I find out that information, we are booking a consultation right away. I'm sending them a link to their phone. I tell them, hey, I need you to make sure that you confirm because if you don't, I'm going to book in another appointment and I want to make sure that the time I'm allocating for you during this consultation is being protected. So in order to protect that time, I'm going to meet with you for our buyer consultation. I need you to confirm that. Sound fair? Right? Here's the thing. The reason why I have them confirm that is because it's going to block it out in my calendar right away. If it doesn't, if they don't do that, I'm telling you, I'm going to book another appointment. Right. Because one, I have clients or we have clients that actually want to go and do something. And especially in this market, if we have clients who want to do something right now, we better protect that time and make sure we are serving those clients at a high level. Sound fair? Now, once they do that, I normally say, you know, hey, it's fantastic meeting you. Thank you so much the other day for talking with me or if it was earlier today. I'm so glad that we could meet um, and I'm going to make sure that their partners are there. So uh, who is your partner? So great to meet you, blah, blah, blah. Normally they have a kid running around or a dog or whatever, and we can make a small chat, um, really start building some personal rapport, 
Does that make sense, you guys? Uh, I'm trying to build rapport as quickly as possible because on that phone conversation, I was like able to build a little bit. But again, depending on where they are and how what their disc profile is, right? DISC, it's going to really determine how quickly I get off that phone or what's going on with my schedule if I'm running to another appointment or if I'm in between appointments and I have a 15-minute phone call that I can schedule this with. Does that make sense? So when we're doing this initial conversation or this initial Zoom uh, buyer consult, I'm trying to build rapport as quickly as possible. So I'm going to be like, hey, Jessica, it was so great. Um, so great to talk with you. So glad that you could make it to the Zoom. Were you able to get into the room okay? Jess, can you role play with me for a second? Sorry, I wasn't sure if you no, 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 you're Jessica good. or me. Jessica, you. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, everything, um, everything was great. Thank you. Awesome. I'm so glad that you were able to get in here easily. Um, is it just going to be you or your partner coming? Uh, my partner couldn't make it. It's just me. Okay. So um, I would really like to have both of you guys here. So when is a good time for you guys to both be here? Um, can we do the same time tomorrow? Sure. So right there and then we're going to reschedule, right? Normally I get this information up front. So we'll act like we have both or she's just going to buy single. Sure, this sure. Time. Okay. okay. Yes. My partner's um, coming right now. He's grabbing a seat. Okay. Perfect. Man. Well, so while your partner's coming, uh, it says, follow your heart behind you. Yeah. Awesome. Why do you have that hanging up? I really like it. Because I think following your heart is truly what we desire to do in life before our brain kicks in. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, emotions create motion, right? Yeah. Totally get it. I love it. Um, so right there and then I'm trying to find something very common that I can have that rapport with, right? The best thing about them having to be on a zoom is that we get to enter into their house or into their life a little bit that allows us to figure out who they are out in a in maybe a little bit of a split second, right? Um, and it's so much easier, right? Because you can kind of tell she Jess looks like a little bubbly. She likes to bright. She looks like she's a fun person. Like I think I can have fun with her during this consultation. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? So I'm using her surroundings to say, how can I interact with her? Does that make sense, you guys? Because people like to do business with who? People they know, like, and trust. There we go, right? So if I can build rapport right away, what happens right away? They like you very quickly. Yeah, right? So the thing is, is I want to build that rapport quickly, right? The other thing is, is one, I'm going to take away the power all the way away, right? So most buyers or sellers think that they have the power and you're just going to be their servant or whatever. It's a very customer service type thing, right? You, I owe you, you're going to do what I say, blah, blah, blah. I don't like that feeling. <laughs> I'm sure most of you don't like that feeling. Am I right? Correct? One, yeah. Especially on sellers, right? Um, I don't care if it's a seller or a buyer. I'm going to start. This is a two-way interview. I'm interviewing you as much as you're interviewing me. And the reason why we're doing this is because I want to continue doing what I love, which is real estate, helping people to build wealth through real estate, which is what I love. And I want to make sure I'm working with people that are thinking just like me. Does that sound fair? 
And if we feel like we're not a good fit by the middle of this meeting, that's okay. I will align you with somebody who's a better fit with for you. Whether you choose that I'm not a good fit for you, that's okay. Or I choose that you're not a good fit for me, that's okay as well. Does that sound fair? Why do you think I do that straight up front? To set expectations and so that they know that you're not just automatically going to work with them and that you're creating yeah. boundaries. Yeah. Uh, I also say during that little spill, I don't like working with jerks, people who are rude, going to call me at two o'clock in the morning and cuss me out just because their life is miserable. They want to make my life miserable. And that's just not how I operate. And it's normally they normally laugh at that. They're like, who would call you at two o'clock in the morning? And I'm like, you'd be surprised. <laughs> right. Uh, um, there's only been about a handful of clients that I've had to fire, but yes, I fired some people and it's because we're not a good fit and that's okay. If we're not a good fit, there's no hard feelings. I still want to help you get to where you want to be. Does that sound fair? Right. And right away, I'm going to take all of that power away. Okay. So that's normally how I start my consultation in the beginning. Right after that, I go into my spill of what does the buyer uh, experience look like? So we're talking about um, pre-approval, we're talking inspection, we're talking appraisal, we're talking uh, what are their uh, wants. And now I'm going to stop at this one right here, okay? Because we all know the home buying process, right? And we're going to set expectations on what those look like, when they look like, when they're coming up and blah, blah, blah. But the wants are really, really important. I can say, I can show five houses or less and about 98% of the time, I'm finding their perfect house within the first three. How many would like to, how many of you guys would like to show like three houses and be like, bam, we're writing an offer, right? Yes, right? The more efficient you get, the better it feels and the less you're out on the road and the better you get to go home and eat some warm food and be with your family or go on other appointments, sound fair? So just, we're gonna role play some more, okay? So just, um, what are some wants? Just give me some wants. I would love a foyer. A foyer? Why? Because I want a big table that has fresh flowers every week to two weeks as soon as I walk in my house. Why? Why is that important to you? It's beautiful. I just, I, I don't know. I like how it looks. I like how it smells. It's beautiful. Why in the foyer? Why not in the kitchen? Because I want it as soon as I walk in my house. Why? What does that do though, besides it being beautiful? Mm, I don't know it'll just I think it's it's just nice to look at and to smell it's very welcoming when I walk in my house okay um so you want something that's pretty sounds like pretty grand mm, no? it doesn't have to be super grand I mean I've seen some online and at a couple mm -hmm. of open houses over the years mm -hmm. um and there was one that I saw that had the the flowers and I thought wow this is this is beautiful Okay, perfect. Um, besides the foyer, mm -hmm. I'm going to ask, say, what is your favorite part of the house? Where do you think you're going to spend most of the time when you're at home? Whether that's, you know, outside in your backyard, on your front, you know, front porch, having coffee, mm -hmm. um, in your bathroom, hiding <clears throat> from kids. I don't know. Um, where do you think that might be? I would say a combination of the kitchen. I would love open concept in the kitchen and um, <clears throat> family room or uh, dining room because I love to cook and I want to entertain. And then I would say 
bedroom space would be important because I do work from home. So I need office space. Okay. So let's go back to the kitchen really fast. You said you want something like open concept with the kitchen, living room, mm-hmm. dining room, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, and you said you'd like to cook? I love to cook. Why? Um, we just grew up cooking. I'm Indian and Mexican. That's what we do. All You're our clients are centered around food. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that means I'm coming to your house when we're having holidays. Absolutely. Yes, I love it. Uh, and so do you, so is that like when you're cooking, you say you like to entertain as part of your your culture. Am I mm-hmm. correct? Mm-hmm. So when you're when you're doing that, is it because you feel the need to or is it because you just like take, you know, taking care of your your friends and your family? Um, you just like to entertain. It's just natural. My family's like that growing up. That's that's what my mom did. And I guess it kind of got ingrained in me to do it, too. OK. Perfect. And then, so when you're, when you're cooking and stuff like, how many people are you normally cooking for? Oh, um, I would say about 20 or 30 people. Holy smokes. Yeah. So we really need a big, a big space then. Yeah. I mean, that includes kids. Some people have kids, but yeah. They do. They have kids. Some mm-hmm. people have kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel sorry for the no plan. <laughs> uh, um, all right. So you're normally cooking for 20 to 30 people. So definitely, definitely open concept. Um, we probably need a living area that's going to accommodate that many people. How, how often are you entertaining or cooking for these this many people? Ideally, I would like to do like three or four times a year. Okay. Um, so like once a quarter? Once a quarter. Yeah. Because two for the end of the year for holidays. And then um, I would love to have somewhere to celebrate my birthday. My birthday is really important to me. Um, so I'd love to get together for that. And then who knows what the beginning of the year will hold. <laughs> yeah. When's your birthday? In October. So October. it gets back in the end of the year. I mean, we just celebrated it, but you know, I'm, yeah. I, I'm so, uh, okay, perfect. And then you said the other thing that's really important to you or where you're going to probably spend a lot of time is your bedroom mm-hmm. um, because you work from home. Now, I'm just I'm just playing a little bit of devil's advocate here is mm-hmm. um, just do you think that you would want to be working in your bedroom or would you like to have a, a separate office space if that's possible? Oh, I'm sorry. I misspoke. That's what I meant. I need like the bedrooms in general to be a nice size. OK, I like my master. I want to feel like, you know, how Callie is like sometimes the masters don't feel the size of a master. So I want a decent size for that. Um, and then yes, a different room or den or office space that's well lit with lights, like our uh, natural lighting. I would love to. Perfect. So you guys, we just kind of focused on where she's spending the majority of her time. And the reason why I do this is because again, I'm getting insight. So when her partner would be there, I would be doing the same thing to her partner. Right. And then what we're going to do is we're going to say, you know what? Here are the things that we have discussed. These are some of the things that you guys said you guys wanted in your house, like a garage, a pool. I don't know. I'm just making stuff up right now. Right. So by the time we get through their wants list, their um, dream list, we are going to narrow that down to their top seven. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so their top seven are going to be. One's going to be price because you're only going to get pre-approved for a particular amount. Number two is normally going to be location. Very, very seldom do I have number two not be location. But 90, probably 99.9% of the time, it's going to be location. So those two are right off the bat already done, right? And we talk about this right away. 
So then that leaves them five, right? So out of the five remaining, I'm going to look at their list because I've taken a lot of notes on my buyer consult form, right? And so I'm going to look at what are their favorite parts of the house? And she said, kitchen. She said, foyer. She said, uh, a bedroom or uh, a, a office space, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when you have a partner, there's going to be a couple other things and maybe it's garage because they like tinkering and doing mechanics or whatever case may be. So I'm going to say, all right, well, it sounds like kitchen is super important to you guys because you guys like to entertain several times a year and you guys host a pretty big amount. So does that sound right? Like it should go on the list. More than likely they're going to agree, right? So normally we get to like six and seven because we take, you know, another three from that list of what they're, where they'd like to spend most of their time, okay? So the other two or one sometimes is a negotiation between the two of them, right? Or a negotiation between herself, right? And I'm like, okay, well, we have, you know, two spots left or one spot left. And here are some of the other things that you said you would really like a garage, you know, a yard where you can barbecue in, um, a foyer, blah, blah, blah. What is going to be the most important thing to you to add to this list? Because here's the thing, when I'm looking at houses for you, I'm not just going to send you any house just because it hits a four bedroom, two bath, and it's in this price point right? When I'm looking at houses, I want to make sure that these houses are fitting really what you're looking for. And if you're hosting 20 to 30 people, or you want a a foyer that can hold fresh flowers every week, or whatever case may be, like, I am known that I'm going to hit what you're looking for. Does that sound fair? Mm -hmm. So, and sometimes I'm not going to lie to you. These consultations can take 40 minutes. These consultations can take an hour and a half, dependent on how well the they compromise with each other or with themselves. Does that make sense? And sometimes I'm like, oh, you say you want, you know, a walk-in closet. Is that more important than the garage you said you really wanted? Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, oh man, I don't know. Right. Let me think about this again. Does that make sense? So I'm having them debate while we're here rather than have them debate when I'm out showing. Why do you think that's so key? Can anybody tell me why they think that's key? Get them both on the same sheet of music right off the bat. Yes, right? Because if they're not, then it's going to be a freaking nightmare, right? And the other thing is, I am on the same page with them, right? So all of us are all on the same page. So that makes my job a thousand times easier. I don't care if they're sitting here going back and forth for 45 minutes, an hour, blah. I'm telling you, it will save so much time when you're out showing houses. Okay. Here's the other thing. When they are looking at houses online, because we all know they do, right? And they start sending you houses. I saw this house on Redfin or I saw this house over here, blah, blah, blah. I tell them straight up, hey, Jess, if your list does not hit, the majority of what we discussed on your must-have list, I'm going to say, hey, Jess, did our criteria change? Do we need to have another Zoom meeting so that way we can make sure we're on the same page? And vice versa. Does that sound fair? Mm -hmm. We are holding each other accountable to this criteria, right? 
The other thing is when we're out looking, I'm going to tell them, you know what, when we're out looking, it's going to be awesome if we can hit all seven. But for the most part, we might might hit five or six. Now, we hit five out of seven. That's a pretty good um, house. We're hitting the majority of them. You guys should probably put an offer on the house. If we hit six out of seven, man, we're doing awesome. You should probably put an offer on the house. If we're hitting seven out of seven, which I haven't done for a while, and I'm likely to hit fairly soon just because of statistics and probability, mm -hmm. there should be no question that we automatically know we're putting an offer on this house. Does that sound fair? What am I doing right there? Setting expectation. For what? For writing an offer and also helping them... Um, with their grading scale, right? Because you said if it's it's a seven, one one thing that I incorporate with this buyer consultation is I say if we rate it at the house that it's a seven and a half or higher, we view disclosures and write an offer. If it does not hit a seven and a half, then we crumble it up and we keep looking. Um, when I'm out showing, if we have more than five or say I don't show more than five houses at a time, right? Mm -hmm. But when we're out showing, uh, when we go to house number one, I'm going to have them say, hey, what do you guys think about house number one? When we get to house number two, I'm going to say, hey, what do you guys think? House number one or house number two? Uh, which one are you guys like the best? Because whichever one we discard, we don't talk about again. Mm -hmm. Why am I doing this? We're making decisions right away, right? We're not Somebody playing. Somebody left if, a message in a chat, Lenny. Oh, what did I say? Uh, helping them understand that if it checks all the boxes, they are serious. They will write. Perfect. Yeah, one thousand percent. Right. Um. So we're we're checking these boxes as we go. Right. Here's the other thing. When there's inspections and stuff like that, hey, if you guys want to think about it, fantastic. Don't worry about it. I'm good to go. Um. Just don't get mad if somebody else decides to write it up. It doesn't matter how long it's been on the market. Normally, what happens is. When you've been thinking about it, so has somebody else, especially if it's been on the market for a little bit longer. Now, what I can't do is I can't go beat up that agent who wrote the offer and got it accepted because I'll probably go to jail and that's probably not good for me. But what I can do is I can definitely write up the offer. We have the inspection contingency to be able to rescind if we need to. For whatever reason, if you don't like how the trees blow through the wind, we can rescind. You don't like how the rain is falling on the windows, fine. We can rescind. Don't like the color of the fucking how the rug shags to the left, we can rescind, right? Does that make sense to you guys? Yes, perfect. Now, um, normally once that all happens, we've built some pretty good rapport. The other thing that I really think is super and super important is um, the main question, one of the most important questions I think is, what is most important to you when you're working with a real estate agent, somebody like myself. Why do you think I asked them that? Come on, you guys. Why do you guys think I'm asking somebody what is most important to them when they're working with a real estate agent? Somebody like myself. Gives you a good chance to see if you're uh, the right fit. Because if they need somebody that's like crazy over the top, like at their beck and call, maybe you're not the right fit. Or they're just like, looky Louie, I'll call you in a year. Then it gives you kind of an idea of how to play into their desires. Mm -hmm. What other things, you guys? 
So over this course of the time, I'm showing them knowledge. We're probably building rapport. We're probably cracking jokes, depending on the personality types. For the most part, we're cracking jokes. So that's just how I am, right? But during that, what else is it? By asking this question, what do you think I'm doing psychologically? Programming them to work with you. Yeah, how? Because you're listening to what they're saying and then it allows your response to say, oh, I'm that person by blah, 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 blah. Right, because I've demonstrated this, or I've demonstrated that, or I've demonstrated this, right? Um, and then once they gave me give me their list, most of the time it's communication. So when they say communication, I'm like, fantastic. How do you guys like to communicate? Is it text message or phone call? Because if it's going to be email, it's going to be a little bit harder for me to get back to you because most of the time I'm in an appointment or I'm out on the road. So which one do you prefer? Right away, I'm setting expectation. Don't communicate with me via email. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> right uh, text message or email i mean text message or phone call which do you prefer right and i'm getting which method they prefer why am i getting that method come on you guys are you participate in them. here huh i don't i mean i i want to respond but i also don't yeah, want to yeah. hijack the whole <laughs> no the whole right thing. so here, here's the thing you guys how you respond, how you guys participate in here is how you guys participate everywhere. So if you guys are not responding in here, that means you guys are not responding in life, which means you guys are not probably showing up the way that you need to for your business. Mm -hmm. Does that sound fair? And the best way to learn is by being active. Okay. So why do you think I'm asking them how they like to communicate, whether it's phone call or text message? Why am I doing this? So they feel like you're hitting their needs too. Yeah, I'm communicating in a way that you like to communicate. So it's like when you're in a relationship um, and you have the five languages of love. I don't know if you guys have read that book or whatever case may be, but if you're in a relationship and you are given one particular style and your partner's not receiving it because they like to love in a different style, that love, that language of love is shut off, right? So I'm doing the same thing with my clients because if they don't feel like I'm communicating to them in the best way that they are receptive, they are going to automatically shut me off, right? And this is not what we want, especially in the market that we're in. We cannot afford to lose a client who's ready, willing, and able to buy right now. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Perfect. So... When they say that and then they're saying, you know, something like, oh, honesty and trust. And, you know, I want somebody who's going to be re responsive and fantastic. Um, given from the conversations that we've had so far, I'm sure that you can tell I'm a pretty honest person. I don't beat around the bush because, honestly, I don't have time to do so. Uh, and if I say something to you that feels like a punch in the gut, please understand that's me being honest. My job is not to be your friend right now. Make sense? Mm -hmm. It's not to sugarcoat things. It's not to be their best friend. And I'm setting that up right now. Okay. Um, and so once we go through that, most of the time, they've already checked off their head, right? When I'm saying, what do you want in a real estate agent? Everything they want, I've demonstrated. And if they say something that hasn't, that they want that I haven't done, guess what? I get to now say what I do to show that uh, I can hit that mark. Does that sound fair, you guys? So does that sound like I'm setting myself up for a win all the way through? Yes or yes? Yes. yes. Yeah, right? Now, 
This is a really key port point where I'm like, you know what? Hey, Jess, it sounds like me and you would probably be a good fit for one another. You know, what? I think I could definitely help you accomplish your goals and your real estate uh, and what you're looking for. Uh, I would love to work with you. How about you? Yeah, you've <clears throat> answered and touched on all of the things my husband and I had com- uh, questions about. Perfect. So I am going to send you over a buyer agency agreement. And within this uh, agreement, it's just going to say you and I are going to be be working together exclusively because one, I don't like to waste my time with people who don't like to sign with me because if you want to go look at a house and another one of my clients who actually signed with me wants to go look at a house, who do you think I'm going to show? Them. Them, right? And the reason why I'm going to show them is because in this paper, this paper is um, this buyer agency agreement is basically like a timesheet, time clock. I don't know what you guys call it nowadays because I've been on commission for a long time. Um, but basically, you've negotiated a contract with your employer that you'll work so many hours per week. And then every week or two weeks, you get a paycheck from your employer. Is that correct? Just play with me. Correct. Right. And you would be pretty pissed if you put in all these hours and they paid Joe Small down the road and not you. Am, am I right? Absolutely. Perfect. So basically, this is the same thing saying that it doesn't matter how long it takes for you and I to find a house, um, that if it's a week, whether it's a month, six months, five years, it doesn't matter that someday eventually I will get paid. Does that sound fair? Correct. Yep. Perfect. Now, what's um, now I do want to talk about uh, for sale by owners. We do see that there are some for sale by owners and I've negotiated off market properties, which are for sale by owners. And if you happen to see one, let me know because we can still write that up and we can still represent you. Now, here's the thing. You're going to see probably some for sale by owners. And uh, in those instances, I'm going to have to negotiate my commission. Does that sound fair? Yeah. Um, and while I'm negotiating, whether the seller pays it, and for the most part, um, even in the MLS, as we're out looking mm-hmm. at homes, for the most part, my compensation is already established in the purchase or the sale of the house with the seller. Okay. And every so often, very rare, but we'll probably see maybe a few here and there where that compensation is not being uh, listed for, for me. And we'll have to negotiate it just like a for sale by owner. Now we can either negotiate for the seller to pay it and, or it'll get just financed within the purchase of the house. Sound fair? Yep. My compensation is 3% and we'll go um, at any point in time if we need to negotiate that. But again, for the most part, that's already built in with the seller. Sound good? Yeah. Any questions about anything that we went over today? No. Perfect. So right there, especially in Washington State, if our compensation is not negotiated, listed then we are going to have to uh, negotiate it and that's going to be the buyer's responsibility if we can't negotiate it with the seller okay um most most of the time like i said it's already listed in there with the sellers right so some are doing two some are doing two and a half it is what it is like most of the time i can negotiate with the seller for that extra one percent or that extra half a percent i've never had an issue not getting my commission Sound fair? Questions about my console, things that we cover. Uh, I, oh, I will say one more thing. I apologize, you guys. I know I'm, I'm running a little lengthy, but uh, we I normally wrap up after that with, we have three 
goals we want to accomplish in this uh, as we are working through this. My first goal is to make this as stress-free and hassle-free as much as possible. Does that sound fair? Yes. Number two is my goal is to get you as much house for what we can do in this market. Does that sound fair? Right? Because six months ago, like, <laughs> it was crazy, right? The market's changed some, so we can actually probably get a little bit more home based on this market. Number three, by the time we close on your property, whether it takes a month, six months, a year, whatever, if you can refer one person who's looking to buy or sell a home, I would consider this a very successful relationship. Would you? Could you do that for me? Yes, right? Most, they're already shaking their head, yes, right? Because one, we've established a really good relationship. Two, we have a really good rapport. Three, they already said they're, they're going to work with me. And four, why wouldn't they want to have somebody else do the same thing that they're doing, right? What does that guarantee for me? Referral. Referral, yeah. So like... I can hit them up several times during the transaction and say, hey, Jess, you know what? We just passed inspection. Fantastic. They're actually going to do everything that we asked for. How how's that make you feel? It's going to make them feel awesome. Awesome. How are you doing on working on that one goal for us? I'm working on it. Yeah. Right. And here's the thing. I can also say, you know what? Our job is to aim for excellence and give you everything that we can. And if by the time we don't, by the time we close on your transaction or your house, if we haven't gotten a referral, I'm going to ask you why we haven't, because obviously we didn't do everything that we can to make this the best experience for you. And I want to be able to learn from that. Does that sound fair? What does that do, you guys? You're constantly reminding them, but also subconsciously programming their mind. Yeah, they're rads, right? So that's the gist pretty much of my consultation. I mean, we go through the Northwest MLS. I'm going to show them, you know, with a screen share based off of their criteria, based off of their pre-approval. This is what's going on in the last 30 days in their market. So that way, one, we know what people are listing their houses for and what they're selling for, right? And for them to be realistic about the market, right? So that way, when we are writing offers, we're not lowballing $30,000 because no offers being accepted $30,000 low, right? Depending on price point. Does that make sense to you guys? Fantastic. And when we go over the Northwest MLS information, when I'm showing them what their criteria is in their market, I say, what did you notice about the market? Is it moving fast? Is it moving slow? Is it, you know, what, what, how do you feel? And then two, what did you notice about list price to sales price? Right. I'm leading them to the answers that I need them to be at. So that way, when we get into that situation, we are good to rock and roll. I can write an offer and bam, we get it accepted. We don't have to play these games. Questions. That's the gist of my consultation. So sorry, we ran a little long. I apologize. Um, but you guys seem like you guys are a little sleepy still. Questions? Thoughts? Take yourself off mute. I thought it was great. Thank you so much. Brought a, a lot of different uh, pieces to the to the table. So thank you. Um, with a buyer like Jess, if she's kind of going in and she's like, "Hey, I want this, and I want kind of a certain level of house," mm -hmm. and then you get like the financing piece where it's like, 
we're going to have to work our way up there. How do you bridge kind of the gap of maybe a buyer looking for a unicorn? Um, when I have that phone conversation, we do touch base. Um, I try to do it, uh, face to face if we can. Right. So another zoom call or a FaceTime, right. Because I think the face to face interaction, especially when we're trying to bridge that gap is going to be a lot stronger. Um, as far as that, uh, and sometimes we won't even go over their criteria, right? Because I really like to do the Northwest MLS part where I'm screen sharing because that is super, super crucial. So if they're not pre-approved at that time, I'll say, what we're going to do is we're going to have you get lined up with one of my lenders. As soon as we get the pre-approval, we're going to, we're going to do another zoom call so we can go over the market to see exactly where we're at, um, based off of your criteria. How does that sound? Right. So again, I'm not, I'm like, cause it would be really messed up of me to be like, Oh, you want all of this stuff. You're not pre-approved, but let's see. I think you're good for 700,000. Right. Yeah. I mean, you definitely don't want to um, yeah, make right? any and, judgments. Right. Um, yeah. And if they're yeah. not pre-approved, one of the things I tell them is if you're not pre-approved, do not look at any houses until you get pre-approved. And the reason why is because I don't want you falling in love with something. And then when we go to get the finance and you find out that you can't actually get that. And then any house that we look at, it's only going to break your heart. Yep. And I am trying to save your heart. Does that sound fair? True. Right. And so when I break it down that way, it makes a lot more sense for them. Does that sound good? Yeah. What else? What other questions or concerns or things that you guys have thoughts about. I just like that you're, you, it's almost like you apply a little bit of pressure for them to help do a referral. It's like giving them homework. And I like that you're constantly managing expectations all the way throughout. So, yeah. Right. Because here's the thing, my business, a good portion of my business does come from referral and it's because I am trying to make sure I'm given excellent customer service. So I'm going to remind them every single time, like, hey, we go above and beyond because we're trying to earn your business and those of your friends and your family. And if we haven't hit our mark, if you don't think we've hit a six out of a five, let me know because I need to figure out what I can do to make that a six star experience. Right. And if it's not, if I don't get a referral, that means I haven't done my job. And my job is to go above and beyond, right? To over deliver on everything that we say we go on to do, right? Because especially in the market now, too many agents are over promising and under delivering. If we make a promise and then we over deliver, we're going to fill that gap with those referrals. Does that make sense? Definitely. Okay. What else? You're very welcome. Any other thoughts, you guys? No? Are we good? Are you guys good? Did you guys get all your answers that you guys need? Because I promise you guys, this market, you guys need to be the best of the best out there right now. Okay? Like, there's no there's no room for mediocre in this market. Sound fair? All right. Do you Thanks, Lonnie. Sorry, sorry to you. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks, Lonnie. All right, you guys, have Everybody a great have one. A, have a great day. Thanks, Lonnie. Bye. Bye. 
If you'd like more information or to get connected to the Agent Power Huddle, join our free Facebook group. This call was designed for the agents in our eXp organization, but open to any agent from any brokerage. If you're a guest and you're interested in learning more about eXp or our specific resources within the Agent Collective, reach out to the person who invited you to this call to get more info. Produced by the Agent Collective Media Network.